Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Greetings and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the cartoon podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Nidell. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Saturday Rewind. You can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Saturday Morning Rewind on Facebook. And online, we are at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Today's interview, I am psyched to get this one out there. It's a great interview. I have the one and only Veronica Taylor on the show today. Of course, you know her as the original voice of Ash from Pokemon. All right, I've pledged to get all the Pokemon in the world. Now I'm ready to take the next step to be the number one Pokemon master. Enjoy your last moments of freedom, Pidgey, because you're mine. Pokeball, go! This is honestly one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Veronica couldn't have been any nicer than she was, and I love this interview. So I hope you guys really enjoy it, too. And if you do enjoy it, please give us a five-star rating on either iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Those really do help out. And if you're a new listener, welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to hit that subscribe button on wherever you listen to us at. Remember to check out our Patreon campaign if you want to help us out financially, because, you know, podcasts, they might sound like they're cheap to make, but they're really not. If you want to have a really good show, it's really not cheap to make. So if you want to help us out, want to help us keep going, keep going strong, check out our Patreon campaign. And uh, monthly donations start at only $2 a month, which would really honestly help out. So that would be great if you could check that out. Remember to join me this coming July at the Saturday Morning Rewind Fan Get Together. It's Thursday, July 13th at 6 p.m. at Downtown Disney in Anaheim. And this week I promise to post full details on the Fan Get Together. I promise to do it this week. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I'm going to actually sit down and do it. I'm going to post a picture showing you exactly where to meet, exactly what time, and the full plans of the Get Together. And I'll show you the pin. I'm going to hand out. It's a little Saturday Morning Rewind pin that I got custom made. Look amazing. I can't wait to give those to you guys. Before I play my interview with Veronica, I want to dedicate this episode to my family, especially my three little girls. Uh, Audrey, who's 13 now. So I guess she's not really that little anymore, but she's still little in my eyes. And Sarah, who's about to turn 10 in about a month. And little Madison, who turns 5 just in a matter of four days. This episode is for you guys. I know you're not listening right now and Someday, I really hope you do listen to the show, because I think you'll learn a lot about your, your dad, and uh, I know you guys love Pokemon, and so this episode goes out to you guys. I love you guys so much. And here's my interview with Veronica Taylor. I understand that you began acting at the age of five. That's really yes. young. Tell me about that. Uh, oh, I was in a school play. <laughs> uh-huh. So... Um, yeah, that's it's just, you know, I think a lot of people get their start in their school plays. I think it's the best place to get experience. And um, I think everyone should be in a school play. There's nothing like being part of a group and um, and also having to memorize lines. And it does a lot for all of us to kind of 
be able to step outside yourself and play another character, I think it really builds a lot of self-confidence. So I'm a big um, proponent of theater in schools that everyone should be part of. Yeah. You know, like my whole class was part of that play and then um, on through school. But, I, you know, I always kind of knew I wanted to be an actor. I guess when I was in that play when I was five, that's when I really decided this is what I want to do. When did you step into it professionally? Uh, well, I um, I went from high school, I went to college, and I got a BA in acting. And then I toured the country for two years with an acting company. And then I went to grad school for three years after that. And then, um, so I guess right after college, I had my first real job okay. um, touring. So... I don't know. I've always been acting, but not necessarily getting paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that when you were a kid, you did something that I used to do as a kid as well. Um, I saw an interview where you said you used to interview your stuffed animals. I would interview myself, actually. I, okay. I didn't. Um, I would interview imaginary people there. Gotcha. Like I was on a man on the street. Ah. But actually, I never thought to interview my stuffed animals. That's a great idea. Yeah. That probably would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I got a tape recorder, so I yeah, used it. I, I would also record my family, <laughs> which yes, they didn't yes. really like. But, um, you know, nobody likes to be recorded or photographed really when they don't know. <laughs> so it's always weird to listen back to a conversation when you didn't know you were being overheard mm -hmm. because you don't really say anything that's interesting. So um, I kind of learned that from listening back to my family tapes <laughs> that I made and then I would interview myself and make up stories you know stuff like that <laughs> it's very similar to what I did as a kid I think I was between the ages of maybe eight and nine when I did that and mm -hmm. um I did a recorder as well a little you know from the probably from the 60s cause I think it was my grandmother's or my dad's when he was a kid and used to walk around interviewing my grandparents which I just found that tape a few months ago and I love it it's it's so mm -hmm. awkward but I'd love to hear them because they both have passed since then but what I used to do as well, which is super cool because I do this now, what I used to tape record my TV when a cartoon was on and record audio from my favorite characters. It's like a, oh, yeah. maybe like a Ninja Turtle or something or a, a Tiny Toons character. And I used to go in my room and edit out parts of it. And I would ask a question to my stuffed animal. Oh, and that's so great. replay it back. And, and if you think about it, I do the same exact thing now with my show. And I have actually interviewed every person I fake interviewed when I was nine. Wow. And you've already fed me all the answers. So exactly. basically it is all the same, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really neat idea. That takes a lot of time. Yeah. I had like a also, dual cassette player to where I can play it back and record what was playing on the other cassette player. Yeah. And that's yeah, wild. I, I had There's a lot of something time, I guess. very satisfying about actually pushing those buttons. And so I, th I still think people should have a tape recorder, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah, yeah. using your phone or something to record it, it's just, it doesn't give you the same satisfaction. And it's just, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, it almost feels now as if everything's, you know, expendable. Everything could be thrown away instantly. And if it's on like a tape or something, it feels more permanent to me. That's right. And I think the people that you are recording, it, there's a... Um, I, I don't know. There's something about it that's more formal. Yeah. And so you can actually, you could interview them. And maybe you even had a little microphone mm -hmm. that attached to it that you could actually hold the microphone up. Exactly. It, it just changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. 
I love it. I, I do think also you were so smart because interviewing members of your family, actually interviewing them and asking them questions is a great thing because you you do have it forever. Yes, exactly. Um, and there is some thought behind it. Yeah, I as was, they're answering questions. I was very sentimental. I still am. I, I, I was very sentimental as a kid, so I'm so glad I found those tapes. I still can't find the tapes where I was interviewing my stuffed animals in the cartoon ah. voices. I would love to find that and play like a whole episode on the show of know, me interviewing so these funny. characters. Very clever. You'd inspire many. Exactly. That would be a good idea. Well, keep searching. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm going to keep <laughs> looking for those. So tell me about your step into voice acting. When did that happen and how did that happen? Uh, well, I, I moved to New York after grad school and um, my first audition for an anime was because my an acting coach who coached someone else, um, that other person happened to call a day that I was in working on a monologue for an audition or something um, to see if my coach could recommend any women who could do young girl voices. So um, I guess I was top of mind because I had just left. Mm -hmm. So um, I was recommended and I booked that and then I just kind of, you know, then you start networking from there and then I kind of went on to book other things. So it, it in that sense, it just really happened from being in the right place at the right time. That happens quite a bit, I hear, actually, with a lot of people well, I've interviewed. that's what life is. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. But the I like to say, though, that what you want to do is you need to pack your suitcases with all the talent you possibly can yeah. and all the experience you can. So when that door does open, you step through fully ready, ready exactly. to travel. You yes. know, but um, but you can't just wait around hoping to be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. You're always working towards it. But just like many things, often something will come your way when you're least expecting it. Yep, exactly. So um, but you uh, acting, you do have to be looking not like, uh, you know, with relationships, people say, oh, the minute I gave up, that's when I met someone. <laughs> but with acting, you, you can't do that. <laughs> you have to always be looking for work and always um, looking for you know, how do you network? How do you make connections? How do you work on something that could lead to something else? And so you have to actually keep working. And let's, let's be honest. When people say that about the relationships, it's it's not true. They just say they gave up looking. I get, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> no judgment here from me. I'm just, I just read stories about yeah. it. So I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it is the thing where they're, when you're trying so hard, sometimes in certain cases, nothing will happen. And when you just finally let go and, yeah. Um, do your thing, then you it works out. Sometimes there's those auditions where you're like, oh, uh, you know what? This is the worst thing I ever did. And then you book that job. <laughs> and the other ones when you're like, nailed it. That was awesome. <laughs> I can't believe I'm so good. And then you never hear from them. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> All you can always do is your best, give it your best shot, work hard, and then you know the chips will fall where they may. I heard that one of your first voice gigs was at the Batman stunt show at Six Flags. Yeah, I did the uh, voiceover for that, and um, and I so in that show it was the Batman Forever. Actually, someone posted something the other day. It wasn't my team okay. who was in the video, but I rewatched it. It was you know five shows a day and a hot um, asphalt there with <laughs> or concrete really <laughs> in New Jersey it was it was pretty grueling, but super super fun. And I played Chase Meridian and also Spice, who was mm. she was bad, um, but. Chase Meridian was also the um, MC for the whole show. Oh, okay. Or so I would come out, do the crowd warm up, and then um, we start the show. And then 
it just happened that my voiceover was the the two female characters in the show. Oh, so it wasn't just fully a recorded audio. You were actually there in person as well. The show itself was recorded audio so okay. that it could be used in every mm. Six Flags park for as long as they wanted to do the show. But the live portion of the show was not recorded. And that was when the MC comes out, um, talks to the crowd, picks people out, you know, does stuff. We bring people up to the the guardrail and ask them questions and all that stuff. And then at the end, you um, close the show. Okay, gotcha. So I actually yeah. watched the YouTube video yesterday of it. So the oh, audio, yeah, the, the audio that I heard of, of Chase would have been you then probably. On, and Spice, yeah, on the show. Okay. In the show Very itself. Cool. And then, um, but the, because we all had costumes on, so you had to wear wigs for everything. And uh-huh. it was multiple layers of costume um, like that. You know, the spice in the beginning is in the clown costume. So you've got that weird um, vinyl spice costume on underneath. And then the Chase Meridian went on top of it. So you've got layers and wigs. So we all kind of look the same, really, (laughs) in it. And the same thing for everyone else. Um, Two-Face, the Riddler, Batman, the stunt guys. You know, everybody kind of looks the same because you... I guess that's the point of the show. You don't want to say like, oh, that's the girl I saw last time, but yes, not this exactly. time. It's supposed to all be the same. Um, so as I was watching, I had to really watch closely to see if it was, you know, my team because mm-hmm. we went in a rotation. This is too much information about this show. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, that I, I, that one is not my my show, okay. but it's the show I did. Okay. Still anyway, interesting just to, to watch, let you though. know. Yeah. What's, what? I think we did a, a few more stunts actually than in that one. <laughs> Huh. Uh, I think, yeah. Anyway. That's so cool to hear about, though, because you never hear the aspect of a voice actor's, you know, career is, you know, this Batman stunt show. Yeah. You know, all the jobs I've had in my life have been crazy and varied. And um, it just, I const- I love to work. So I'm always working on something. Some things are more interesting than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things are, there's very few things that are glamorous um, at all. (laughs) And that would be one of them. That show was really fun to do, but dangerous and um, really hot. And you did it four days in a row and then you had four days off. So we kind of rotated through that way. Um, And it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. So, you know, you really have to push yourself, but that was a job. Other things, face painting at birthday parties, playing characters, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like all that stuff. Uh, There's, I don't know. I've had millions of jobs. That's for another podcast. <laughs> um, but you just never know where opportunities will come. Yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit to where we talk about Pokemon, where you voiced mm-hmm. Ash, of course, for the first eight seasons. How did okay. you land that gig? Uh, well, I was working on Slayers, which is a an amazing anime. If you haven't seen it, it's the best one ever. Um, <laughs> the And the people who cast me in that were also doing the casting for Pokemon, so I got called in for that. So again, that's right place at the right time. And then I played Ash and Ash's mom and also May and then, you know, Pokemon and people here and there and all of that. Um, And then while we were working on that, four kids began to acquire other shows, so we were all able to audition for those. And then, you know, at one point, a lot of us were working on a lot of different cartoons on Saturday mornings. Mm Mm-hmm. And what about that dubbing process? What is that like for you guys as as actors? Well, when you're dubbing something, you go into the booth one at a time. Um, and with that, you never see the script ahead of time or find out what's happening. Mm. Or 
um, anything. You just go in, you get the script, maybe you get a tiny synopsis of what's happening in the episode that day, and then you just start. You're looking at your script, you're looking at the monitor, and then you just, you hear your three beeps in the headphones, and where the fourth beep would be is where you start talking. And so you are, um, in between, you're skimming through the script to read the other people's lines, to try to figure out what the person before you said, uh -huh. how they might have said it, and then how you were going to respond. And then you're also watching the lip flap to make sure you can match that while you're talking. Um, so it's um, it's challenging and amazing. It's a, you know, a lot of people say, would you rather do dubbing or prelay, which is when you record without the picture. Um, I like both, just because they both propose their own challenges. Um, but dubbing you have to um, fit what you're seeing which doesn't necessarily always fit with what your immediate mm -hmm. reaction as an actor would be to the script is it like a breath of fresh air when you don't voice anime like do you ever think in your mind like oh boy I actually get to speak you know one word instead of ten words within one second uh, it's you know they're similar in that you you know you're going through so with anime for instance or any kind of dubbing because it's not only Japanese, yeah. but um, the you are basically doing your whole line, but you do it once, you see how it fits, and then you might do it again or another time, another time. When you are doing something prelay, you usually go through your line, either if it's one line or the chunk you know that you have in that um, bit. You might do three in a row. So okay. the, sometimes, and then sometimes you could read through the scene three times in a row. So it all depends on how how you're working, if you're in the room with anyone else. Um, when you dub something, you're you're always alone because it doesn't, you know, they're trying to fit it and move it around. So yeah. it, it's not cost effective, I don't think, for everybody to be in together. But prelay, it's a little bit more like a radio show. Sometimes you are in the room with the whole cast. Sometimes you're in with one or two people. Sometimes you're alone. So um, sometimes the director will read the lines to you. Sometimes you're still doing it without hearing the other lines. Mm -hmm. It really, you know, it really all depends. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yes, it's exciting that you can kind of um, draw the picture yourself in a yeah. sense, that you're shaping it all and coming up with, with that. Um, you know, to use Ash as the example, when I would read a line and think he was one way, but then you look at him and his mouth is really big and his eyebrows are pointed <laughs> in, well, then you have to change it. Uh -huh. But but you have your own freedom as much as the director will let you have um, when you're doing something prelay to kind of develop how that character sounds, which will then kind of guide how the character looks. And I remember when... Pokemon really first came out when it really hit over here. I think I was between the age of maybe 18, 19. So I wasn't really in that demographic age range. Right. But um, I probably made a lot of, you know, jokes about it as well at that age. But uh, of course, of course. I've grown to love it now because my kids are really getting into it. They're um, oh, yeah. 5, 10, and, and 13. Well, there's something really wonderful about Pokemon, I think. I mean, it is kind of a secret language that most only kids understand. Um, but also, there, I I know that it was it came out really as an ad for the games. Yeah. You know, let's yeah, just face true. it. But but I do think that the show had heart to it, and it has some universal um, stories and 
the you know what you learn from it is is something that even though it was just an ad that came through and i know we all worked really hard to to make it as authentic as possible mm-hmm. um and and to just be a story not thinking about we didn't really know that much about the products and all that stuff yeah. of course when we first started working on it um but but there's something so universal and i i do think too that the colors are so primary and it was so simple and it followed a story and it was yes. um it, it wasn't so chaotic you know yes, a lot yes, of things you. now are very yes. chaotic and violent and um and just the energy is crazy but here it you could you could be ash on that journey yeah and and that it just kept continuing and then we have, of course, Team Rocket, which is just so funny, <laughs> classic kind of vaudeville humor in a way, that there's something very basic about it that perhaps that's why people are still watching that, especially in the beginning. Um, you know, there was only 150 Pokemon. It was something you could learn. Yeah. And you could really attain that knowledge and um, and share it with your friends. So, um, I don't know, you could become a master. Really? Mm-hmm, exactly. I, I actually got goosebumps when you said that cartoons, most of them nowadays, are too chaotic and don't have that story. They're not story-driven because I say that so many times on my show to yeah. where it's just it's just one giant fart joke, you know, the whole right. episode. Right. And it's just made for children who can't pay attention for longer than a minute. You know what I mean? That's right. And, and Pokemon, I do think that's a bit of a problem now. Mm-hmm. That we we all are, you know, even little kids are right into the iPad and adults are right into their phones. And there's there's no big picture. There's no uh, thinking about something and and telling stories. Stories are that's what humans do. We've been doing that since, you know, we I I won't even say maybe even before we learned to talk. Mm -hmm. You know, we were drawing, we were telling stories and and that's integral to to being human. It's part of our culture and it's how we pass culture along so we need stories i'm not saying we need pokemon but but i think one of the things is that it it does tell stories and things we can relate to exactly you know i think that's why i'm actually gravitating towards it now as you know a 37 year old is that storyline i'm kind of addicted to the storyline yeah 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 there's something great about it so um, yeah, and that's I think adds to the timelessness of it mm-hmm. in a way. Exactly. And you can watch it at any age, to a certain degree. I mean, there are still there's still fighting in it, and I don't think little kids, really little kids, need to be seeing fighting yeah. on any level. Um, but if you're watching with your parents, as parents, we or as any adult watching with a child, you can help talk them through and talk about what's right and wrong, and. Um, and all of that and and talk about bullying there are we see that in the show mm-hmm. and you can talk about why people's feelings were hurt and it opens conversations um so yeah i think it's a great thing that you watch it with your kids too and then you share that then you're on the journey together yes exactly and you have a daughter too is is that right yes my daughter just finished her first year of college wow so um our paths diverged for a short time <laughs> but she's home for the summer um but yeah, we've um, we've actually, you know, we do a lot together anyway. We're quite lucky that we get along and we work hard at at maintaining our relationship. As you know, as a parent, it's not 
just it doesn't come easy. You as with any relationship, you constantly have to work at it. And um, we work at really talking things out and we watch TV together and talk mm-hmm. it through. And yep. when she was little, we would watch movies and I would, luckily the DVR came along so I could pause it and say, do you know why that's funny? And explain <laughs> the joke. And then we go back. And so we could really work through things. Um, audiobooks are another thing. We listen to audiobooks together and we could pause it and I could explain things or we could talk about it or laugh or cry and then go back to it. Um, we always read at night together and same thing, like, uh, have you read any of those Kate DiCamillo books that are like Despero or Because of Winn-Dixie, for instance? Oh, those yeah. books are yeah, yeah, so yeah. amazing. Yeah. But we would both have to stop reading out loud and just cry, <laughs> not to put anyone off. <laughs> but, you know, to, to do that and then get back to the book again. And, you know, I think we all grow that way. So reading or watching TV together is a part of, of sharing that. And what did your daughter think of, of the voice actor mom when she was little? My daughter's come to the studio with me since she was oh, wow. three months old. So um, I don't think she ever really thought about it. You know, things that other people's parents do are always more interesting yeah, than exactly. what your parents do. <laughs> um, Rena's worked on, she's done voice things. She um, she played Sentret uh, in Pokemon. She was oh, really small. Oh, wow. Um, and so we, I kind of voice matched her on some things, and we, so it's a, ma- a mix of both of our voices. Oh, that's so and, cool. And uh, it's fantastic. But so it's just something she's also always done. So she doesn't take it for granted, mm-hmm. but, um, but that's just, it's just part of her world. She's been lucky to get to meet so many people that I've worked with who are amazing and, and just talk to them and be treated like a, an adult and respected. And, and that's one of the greatest gifts you can give a child Mm -hmm. is to show them respect. And, um, and luckily she's, she's received that. So I think that's helped her become a greater person. I love that. Yeah. So So. if you could have two Pokemon in real life as pets, who would you pick and why? Well, first of all, I'm not so good with that stuff because I'd have to actually feed them and do stuff with them. I mean, we we have cats, so I can do that. I can uh-huh. handle it. So it would be hard because my favorite Pokemon is Pikachu, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure having Pikachu around the house is like having another child, but a child that you just can't control. Um, and not that you want to control your child, but there's not a lot of um, talking and listening always with <laughs> Pikachu. But, so, but I still probably would pick Pikachu. So let's say yes, Okay. number one. Um, and my daughter and I have thought about this a lot because people ask kind of like this question yeah, at conventions yeah. a lot. And so over time, we have both agreed that it would be Charizard. Again, not some that would not fit in our tiny one bedroom you apartment. Think, yeah, no. <laughs> it would probably, well, we could get rid of a lot of stuff because it would be set on fire. <laughs> but um, to be able to fly around on Charizard and avoid traffic, um, that, I mean, why wouldn't you choose oh, that? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I used to go for a magic carpet. That's actually quieter. (laughs) You Uh don't have to feed Uh it. A magic carpet is what I want. You roll it up, and then you put it away, and then you hop on it and zoom (laughs) off. So Charizard, I guess, is the next best thing. Perfect, I love that. Um, All of that comes with um, its own problems. But So I'm going to go with those two. I would probably pick Jigglypuff because I can, you know, (laughs) go to bed easily. trouble going to sleep. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it might it might sound mean, but when my wife was pregnant with our, our first daughter, she was about nine months pregnant. I used to sing the Jigglypuff song to to my <laughs> wife, and she just cracked up. She loved it, so I wasn't quite making fun of her, but maybe it's a little bit. 
Oh, that's really funny. You should tell Rachel Lewis that. Oh, she yes, played, yes. She played Jigglypuff. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, that's hilarious. I've never heard that story. <laughs> that, no one has ever admitted that to me. Yep. It, that's a good thing. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to these days? Are you still working on Sailor Moon Crystal? I am. Yeah, well, we've stopped right now, so we finished all of that, and I guess we're waiting meaning I am waiting because I haven't heard anything yet about when the next whatever part is going to start up. But I think there's more to come. Okay. Um, but I am, quite honestly, always the last person to know. <laughs> um, so I just wait, do stuff, and then someone emails and says, hey, can you come in? And then I come in. So um, I never know anything ahead. Uh, I'm working on a show actually for Sprout, which is called Ollie and Moon. That comes out May 27th. Um, which is an amazingly cute show for kids about these two cats who travel around the world. Oh. I play most of the female characters in the show, nice. not Ollie or Moon, um, but like the ostrich who's the stewardess and yada, yada. Uh -huh. So that I'm really excited about because I think, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in the one world and how we all have so much in common and we need to celebrate the differences. And part mm -hmm. of, of the thing that makes this show so wonderful is that through it, you get to travel around the world and meet people from, well, animals from all over. And um, I think it's a great way to, you know, armchair travel. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working on a show for Nickelodeon that's coming out at some point called Welcome to the Wayne. Um, that should be super fun. It's a bit chaotic. I play the spy from 8i on that. Um, I'm doing a lot of audiobooks constantly. Um, gosh, I think I'm working on a bunch of other projects too, but those are the main. Nice. the main things i'm always really busy with things and then i'm yeah. traveling to a lot of conventions yes i love that yeah I, I i just started going to conventions i've only been to the disney one so far the d23 one going there again wow. in a couple months but you know living in montana there's not too many to choose from so i need to start going to more it's really fun it's a uh the amount of creativity and imagination that you find and inspiration at a convention is extraordinary so i think it's well worth it mm -hmm. um yeah it's uh it's been an honor to go to conventions and travel around the world. Um, and my daughter usually comes with me. So we've had some Aww. amazing experiences, but to be able to meet people for me, um, and perhaps for you too, through your podcast who, um, you know, because they have heard you, then we feel like we know each other and they tell me about, you know, their lives. And some people I've yes. met year after year and I saw them, you know, when they were in high school or even elementary school and now they're in college and now they graduated, yes, they've got their first yeah. job and now their kids are coming. And, you know, I went to my first convention in 2002 and this past year in New Zealand, I met two kids who came in 2002 who now have children. Oh, man. And it was just, it's just, I cannot tell you, to say I'm honored is not even, it doesn't begin to explain this extraordinary privilege that I've been allowed simply by working on, you know, especially Pokemon, but yeah. some shows that people happen to watch. Um, it's just, it really has been extraordinary. And so I hope I can continue to live up to that, to, um, you know, be in shows that can make a difference. I, I, I completely agree, even though, you know, the podcast of mine is so much smaller than the world of Pokemon, but I have met some of my closest friends who are listeners of my my show. Mm -hmm. And now they're some of my best friends. Yeah, amazing. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, that's one way that we are all connected. And then through travel, we meet up exactly, or we yeah, travel yeah. through the Internet and yeah. meet up or, you know, um, yeah, it's it's pretty special. Well, all right, Veronica, thank you so much for coming on. Did you, was there anything else you wanted to promote, maybe your Twitter or website? Well, sure. People can find me. My website is being constructed. It's um, veronicataylor.net. But I'm also at the Veronica T, or you could say the Veronica T, on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm the Veronica Taylor on Facebook. Sweet. This has been amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. I it, love this. It's so nice talking to you, Tim. It's just, it's a breath. You are a breath, breath of fresh air. Well, thank, so thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Could I get you to sh- close the show out as Ash? Yeah, sure. Um, I would have to say, hey, you're listening to the awesome Tim Nidell. Stay tuned and keep listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.